0: to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network.
1: It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement.
2: Hey gang, Chris here. I just want to take a quick moment and say thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. And thank you for subscribing. But I also want to warn you that if you aren't subscribed to this podcast, you may be missing episodes. A lot of people follow us on social media, but sometimes our tweet with the link doesn't show up in your feed. Some of you follow our Facebook page or follow a Facebook group where we share the link. But Facebook tries to hide those page shares in an effort to shake us down for money. And if they see me sharing it in a group, they suspend me for weeks on end. That means you miss episodes. Don't miss episodes anymore. If you have an iPhone, there's a little purple podcast button. And if you don't have it anymore, just go into the App Store, download it for free. If you have an Android phone, click on Google Play, search podcast. Pick an app that you like. Spotify works. Go into these apps, search the name of the show, and hit subscribe. Now you'll never miss anything. Thanks for subscribing. You keep listening, we'll keep making them. The Windy City Slam. My name is Chris Lanuti. In a week, the world has turned in such a way that you could never even predict it. Because of that, myself and Mike Pankow are socially distancing. One, because he doesn't want to get sick, and two, because I'm disgusting and probably would get him sick. How are you, my friend?
0: I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there.
2: Let's talk about what's going on. We we saw something very, very interesting with WWE uh, on SmackDown. They go to this thing where they have absolutely nobody there. They're at the performance center. I thought it might have been one of the cooler things that I've ever seen. I, I there was there was something about the the way that they had to adjust on the fly, and Triple H gets to sit down and just kind of riff on the scripts. They made fun of the scripts. They made fun of last second changes of the show. They made fun of like just just certain aspects behind the scenes. I thought the promo at the end with Bray Wyatt. And John Cena was excellent, especially considering what was going on. I thought the wrestling was fun. You could see them, you could hear the noise inside the ring as they're as they're fighting each other. It was very unique. I don't know if it's going to hold up for the next uh, month or so because I feel like this is going to be going on for a while, and I think they're going to have to come up with some other things. But what was your impression of it?
0: Yeah, I thought it was maybe a little weird at first, not you know hearing any fan reaction or. You know, I I thought it would be kind of awkward for the wrestlers to kind of perform without getting that crowd reaction to um, be able to uh, feed off of that. But eventually I thought they did a really good job kind of presenting a show and having a decent product out there. They filled about a half an hour or so with the tag team elimination chamber as well to fill some time because I don't know if they can get everybody down there in a short enough time for that. But I thought it was a, a really cool thing. Uh, Triple H was really funny. Um, and you are absolutely right about the bright white John Cena interaction. I thought that was the highlight of the show. Um, that would have been so much better with actual crowd participation with that, like some oohs and ahs and cheers and all that. But uh, just to see who whose side the fans would have picked in that situation, would they be siding with The Fiend, which we think they would have for the most part, or would there be some John Cena backers? So, yeah, a very unique little thing. Um, Actually, this past week as well, NXT was at the Performance Center, but I believe that was already scheduled to be there. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a full-sale conflict or something like that, but um, they had a Performance Center NXT with a crowd, and that was quite interesting, too. We can get into that a little bit later. But SmackDown, yeah, it was a pretty interesting and unique show.
2: Yeah, well, I think that the biggest thing is that you're you're – you now have to watch and see what are they going to to do here. Like you know, the wrestling's not going to go back to normal. I don't think for a while. And Major League Baseball talking today about the possibility that they may not start their season until July. So they got to put their heads together in the WWE. This is going to be you watch. This will be a thing that you'll watch on the WWE Network at, at, when they break down everything that happened behind the scenes during this over the next couple of months and how they kept things afloat and did what they what they did. I I did kind of see something, though, that I really enjoyed. It felt like John Cena was at least turning heel a little bit. Like, if you're a Fiend fan, he fed into you getting annoyed with what was going on with the Fiend and Bray Wyatt. It felt like a the very slight heel turn. Imagine if they could finally do it because they, they wouldn't have the crowd reaction. He could become anything he wanted to right now. This could be a golden opportunity.
0: Yeah, a big little something different for John Cena, too, especially since he's not... You know, sticking around long term, uh, I'm, I'm assuming this is a very short term thing while he goes and does movies or whenever they can start shooting movies again with all this uh, outbreak stuff going on. But, yeah, maybe they're actually going to try something a little different with him. Uh, maybe give him a little more edge, maybe give him a more heelish side. I mean, I would love to see that if that's where they're going. Uh, I think. At that point, then the fans overall might start sure them. Well, once they have fans at a show again, that is. But and AEW is going
2: to have to figure out what they're going to do too. I mean, they can't go they can't go out there and and have fans at their events. And WWE is not they look they look socially irresponsible. So they they're also going to have to figure out what they're going to do. So it's going to be a very very interesting time for pro wrestling. It's also going to be a very interesting time for the local shows. There is now the the Center for Disease Control says no more than fifty people. It could be, it should be at an event at any time you have bars and restaurants being shut down by the governor in Illinois, the, the restrictions are going to get worse before they get better. What do the local shows do at this point?
0: I'm glad you asked that question because um, this past weekend there were, there was a boatload of local shows scheduled and a few of them actually did go on. And among the ones that actually went on was Chicago style wrestling in Franklin Park on Friday night a uh, Berwyn championship wrestling at the Eagles club in Berwyn on Saturday night. And also Northern lights wrestling in Godley, Illinois, which is uh, a short drive from Joliet also went on Saturday night. I, I don't think it was really, really crazy packed uh, from what I saw the Northern Lights show. Um, was fairly sparsely attended. I mean, they probably maybe had a hundred people or so uh, from the YouTube uh, perspective camera. It was like a hard camera from the one side of the ring. So that's kind of what I saw. they were kind of well spaced out. Um, There were some kids running around in the background. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was kind of curious to see shows running. I think now with some more of the mandates over the weekend, you'll see a lot more shows canceled. And, And matter of fact, Major League Wrestling had a show scheduled for April 18th in Cicero, Cicero Stadium. That is already off the books. It's already postponed. MLW actually came out the other day and instituted a 45 day suspension of live events because of all the craziness in the world right now.
2: Well, the other thing that, uh, and, and the Nationals will have to deal with this probably more than the locals because the locals will end up canceling everything, but the Nationals are going to have to deal with okay, what is our criteria for whether or not we're going to let you perform tonight? Because contact is pretty close. When these guys are doing what they're doing in the ring. And even though the risk is very low, the fallout, if you have an outbreak inside of your locker room because you weren't paying attention and you were still running shows would be a PR nightmare. So you also have to imagine that they, they I mean, it's almost like one of those things I know they're doing it in hospitals where you're, you know, the the team doctor or the, the you know, WWE's doctor, or AEW's doctor is going to have to see every wrestler the night of take their temperature and make sure that everybody's doing okay before you actually go out there and perform. Cause you can't have an outbreak inside of your locker room. Cause then you're done. You can't keep going at that point.
0: It would be no long-term troubles for any company that that happens to. I mean, it's, it's a very dangerous prospect if that were to happen. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the fact that WWE still has not called off WrestleMania from Tampa's Raymond James Stadium. Because as of now, it is still scheduled for three weeks from Sunday that, that we just passed, April the 5th. Uh, it's a seventy to 80,000 um, seat stadium. Right now, there's no way they're gonna be able to have any sort of gathering. And I believe the government down in that area, Hillsborough County and in Florida, really, really pushing people to stop any sort of gathering, period. WWE hasn't called it off yet it's probably going to be, the plug is probably going to be pulled by the government down there. So I don't see a WrestleMania with fans at Raymond James Stadium in the pirate ship, which is know, unfortunately, which is kind of sad because I love to see what they would have done with the set, the pirate ship. I mean, all that would have been really, really cool. I'm thinking right now, it's gonna have to be a very small gathering or an empty arena like the performance center for, um, for WrestleMania. And, and here's what I think about Vince's um, Vince McMahon's penchant for the show must go on. I mean, this is something he's always done in the face of adversity. Uh, he was heavily criticized when Owen Hart um, fell from the ceiling and died in that silly blue blazer gimmick. And that show continued after he actually died at ringside, which I thought was absolutely crazy. But also, too, on the flip side... Two days after 9-11, about 60 hours after the 9-11 attacks, SmackDown aired live on TV, and the crowd response for that was amazing. They were supposed to tape the episode on that Tuesday on 9-11, but they ended up going live on 9-13. So they did a show that night. He's a guy that says, yeah, I helped bring you guys out of a situation. But the problem with this situation is it's a virus. There's still a lot of unknowns right now could be a little
2: dicey. Hey, Southsiders, are you White Sox fans? The number one most downloaded White Sox podcast, according to podbean.com, is Sox in the Basement, and it's part of the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. Insider interviews, stat breakdowns, and coverage year-round. Join me and my buddy Dave and all kinds of great guests each and every week for 30 minutes of Socks. It's found everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com.
0: Windy City Slam podcast here. Mike Pankhouse, Chris Lanuti, And on the line right now, we have the promoter of Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, Mr. John Bullard. John, how you doing?
1: I'm doing really good, guys. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, John. How are you reacting to everything that's happening
2: right now? This is this is a big deal. How this and like I talk to local bar owners. I have another podcast to call the the EP podcast covers Evergreen Park, and I also do a White Sox podcast. It's the number one White Sox podcast that's out there? Sox in the basement, and I'm on both of those shows, and we have advertisers on that show on those shows, and we've had to reach out to our advertisers and say, hey, if your business is closed, then you know we'll put a hold on the contract that you've signed with us for advertising. Because I want them just to survive. I I just I, I want to help them as much as I can because they help me by being on the show. But I know the impact this is having on bars and restaurants. It's it it has to have the exact same impact on you because you depend on crowds.
1: Oh, it really has, guys. Uh, not only for myself, but other promoters as well that are trying to do you know the right thing in the business by running good shows and having good talent. And yeah, we had a uh, big event, our uh, our national TV taping. Uh, that we're going to do for Amazon Prime. It was supposed to be scheduled for April 4th. And uh, sadly, the owners of the venue and also the state and the city um, had to literally cancel all live events in our area. So, yeah, it's been a little damper on uh, not just professional wrestling, but uh, the casino business and also restaurants and bars in general here, too, in Indiana and also in Illinois. So it's... um. Man, talking about living in strange times. I mean, who would ever think that, you know, a, a virus that a lot of folks would not truly think would come over here and, and affect the United States so uh, heavily has done such a wreckage on on all the promoters and, and all the, not only just wrestling, but this business in general and the stock market has uh, definitely felt the, the, you know, the wrath of it.
0: So the show was set for Michigan City on April 4th, and now there's talk that, once everything gets cleared up, that you're going to try it again in August, correct?
1: That is correct. Uh, August uh, the 8th is the uh, the date that we have planned for our next event. Uh, so we're going to fall on to that uh, date with the talent that has already been confirmed, and we've got some uh, additional talents going to be on the show as well to uh, make it up to the fans. Uh, we also want to honor the tickets the fans have already purchased for the April event. We've told our fans, uh, you know, we could either issue them a refund or they can hold on to those tickets and bring it to the August event and we'll honor those ticket price.
0: I, I read this uh, newspaper article on you a couple of times recently um, and you were in a high school class and you were 17 years old and you were, happened to be reading a PWI our Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine in the class and your teacher caught you. Uh, tell me a little bit about what happened there and then what happened next.
1: Yeah, so I was in the uh, English class. My teacher was a lady who was uh, just still a, a great friend of the family. Uh, her name is uh, Diane Shrube. Um She uh, was our English teacher, and her son was a professional wrestler. And so I had the uh, PWI 500, So what I was reading in her class. And sure enough, I didn't know she was over my shoulder. And so she, uh, she's like, oh, so you're a big wrestling fan. And it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, crap, you know, she's going to take my, you know, magazine away like most kids would be worried about teachers are doing. And uh, I was like, uh, yes, ma'am, I am. And she's like, oh, it's great. She's like, you know, my son. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, you know that, you know, he's, he's a trained professional wrestler. And it just threw me off guard. Her son is a really big guy. He wrestled as uh, Big Daddy Rhodes in uh, South Florida, where I'm originally from. And so she was like, well, you know, uh, if you're ever interested in maybe, you know, learning the rope someday, you know, you should probably, you know, talk to him and maybe he could help you out. And, you know, I was in, uh, involved in high school, you know, wrestling team myself. So it was it was you know, a big passion of mine. So around the uh, junior year, I uh, got in, involved with wrestling. Dr. Uh, son, uh, he bit me in contact with a guy named Spike Moore, who was a graduate of the WCW Power Plant. Oh, okay. And from that day forward, it was literally paying dues, setting up rings, uh, learning the business the old-fashioned way. Uh, things were still very kayfabe uh, during that time. So, you know, it was definitely uh, one of the best experiences I think I've, I've, any young person could ever have. We have a
2: segment that we do every week, and it's called Explain This to Me Like I'm a Noob. I Every once in a while I will jump in And I will ask these questions Because you never know When you're going to have Somebody who's brand new To wrestling Or is back at it After they haven't been With it in a while So John I'm going to have You explain this to me Like I'm a noob
1: What's kayfabe? Pretty much it was uh, The well guarded secret Of the wrestling business Uh, Kind of like you know uh, The inner workings Was never told to the fans It was never brought out To the public It was something that uh, only those in the inner circle of the business would actually understand, and, and those on the outside would would not get it. So that's pretty much what kayfabe is.
2: What ruined kayfabe, in your opinion? Like, how, how? When did it change? Was it was it like some of the backstage stuff that was happening during the Monday Night Wars? Like, what what actually do you think was the point where all of a sudden people started to to understand more what was going on behind the scenes?
1: I think there's, there's a few things that really hurt it. I think one, uh, when Vince McMahon came out and said, you know, we're sports entertainment, not not you know, a sport. Um, so that was one. I think also there were a couple of documentaries uh, during that time period. Uh, Secrets of the Ring, I believe it was called, or uh, if I remember it was on uh, NBC. And it was supposed to try to expose the wrestling business. And some people caught on to that. And they think that's how it really was. But some of the things they had on that show was kind of goofy, like a stunt granny. I mean, like, come on, let's, let's be serious. But they, uh, it was during that, and also the internet uh, when that exploded. Uh, the, all the dirt sheets and the, and the websites people can go on to. And, you know, it's kind of exposed to business over the years.
0: John, you've been involved now for nearly 20 years in professional wrestling, and uh, from what I was reading, you uh, uh, went under aliases such as Johnny Rock and John Wolf Storm. Now, were there any particular feelers from many larger companies, or did you just basically stick to the independent scene over the years?
1: I was mainly uh, stuck to the independence uh, during that time period of wrestling. I, I worked a lot in Tennessee, Kentucky, and uh, Indiana. And uh, I had a good job um, during that time period. I worked for uh, TSA. So I was literally, you know, getting paid really good money to work at the airports. And then on the weekends, you know, go over there and body slam and hip toss and drop kick and, you know, Make a little extra side money being, you know, professional wrestling, wrestling That's manager. True. So kind of living a double life. And you
0: also uh, host a uh, pro wrestling like talk show or interview show on local access cable called Pro Wrestling Tonight. Tell me a little bit about uh, your experience with that.
1: Oh, I love it. Um, so Pro Wrestling Tonight was uh, my idea of giving the talent of the Midwest a show that they can go on to. Uh, it's an interview show, uh, done in old school, studio uh, fashion. And, uh, we sit down, we talk, we go over their career, uh, we talk about the highlights of their uh, their favorite matchups, and it's our way to give uh, the talent a thirty minute show to use at their hands to let the uh, region know who they are and why they should be booked. Also, we use it as a platform to help advertise our company, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. But we also do it as a way, too, to help out other promotions in the area, to help advertise them, too. Because my whole thing is, being a promoter, I don't just do this for myself. I do it to help out the entire business. I love the wrestling business. It's been a big part of my life ever since I was a kid. So I always look at it as, I don't see it as myself as being a competition to anybody. I see it as, let me help out the fellow promoters and talent and get everyone over and help them out in the long run because, you know, everyone being successful is good business for everybody.
0: So, John, uh, plug the show real quick in terms of where people can find it.
1: Okay, so there's two things you could do. Uh, So if you have uh, in the LaPorte area of Indiana, that's on Channel 99, Comcast. Our show airs on Saturdays, uh, 12 noon, and there's also a replay at 8.30. Oh, and if you don't have the uh, access to the cable uh, network, there's also our YouTube page. Um, if you actually type up pro wrestling tonight, um, you should bring that up uh, for the eight episodes that we do have. Um, you also type in Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. That should also bring it up as well.
0: Okay, and now coming up for your show, uh, which will now be in August, uh, God willing, um, you have some great talents already uh, lined up for that show. Guys like Vic Capri, Shogun Chris Logan, Damian Tyler, Matt Dewar, Garrison Krieg, Joey Roth, and C Red, among many others. if uh, there are there any other names you can throw out there, or any other people?
1: You yeah, can you can um, right also throw in uh, Marche Rocket. He'll be yes, on the card Marche. as well. Yeah, Marché all day. Uh, We have uh, Akira, who has been uh, tearing up both the uh, shoot-style wrestling scene and also the deathmatch wrestling scene. Um, He'll be uh, coming in to work with us as well. Uh, We have uh, so many talents coming in from both not only Chicago area but Michigan. Uh, We also got some talent that is planning to come in to wrestle for us. Uh, We're in negotiations right now currently uh, to bring in Joe Doring. Uh, former Triple Crown uh, champion from All Japan Pro Wrestling to come in and uh, you know wreck some havoc as well for the company. So yeah, we're going to have a very strong lineup. I think the August show way we're we're kind of looking at the talent that we're going to be coming in to work with us. Uh, it's going to be a great show and definitely something that the fans will enjoy both you know locally and also watching it on television. Uh, we're going to be airing the shows on uh, Amazon Prime and so that will give us a uh, subscription membership about hundred and five million uh, subscribers uh, that has that service uh, we're also planning to air it on both uh, regional and local television as well and then also have it on uh, fight TV
0: very good um michigan city will be your home base correct is there any um talk or feel that you guys might expand to maybe come moving closer to chicago or trying it different oh absolutely
1: absolutely uh so michigan city is, is just where we're testing the water right now is where i currently live at so it's it's home for me uh we have a really good deal with the uh, the american legion hall but we're also planning to uh use the first couple of episodes to reach out to other markets, especially in Chicago itself. Uh, One of the markets that I have plans for, will probably take some time, but definitely want to uh, reach out to them. There will be like WGN, for example, and uh, definitely like to find um, a really nice home venue there in Chicago to do shows as well too so yeah we're not just going to be a michigan city you know indiana northwest indiana chicagoland promotion but we're also planning to go into the city of chicago as well
2: john uh, i'm i'm curious here i want you to put your promoter hat on for me because i'm really curious what your opinion of this would be because i watched that thing on on friday night smackdown with nobody there and i i realized that now you have this major national promotion that has to figure out how are they going to keep going? Because they don't want to stop what they're doing, but they can't bring in fans. And I'm I'm certain that the only reason they haven't shut down WrestleMania is that they've had some conversation in the background saying, just don't shut it down until we get our storylines fixed. And then we'll definitely cancel it. You know, And I, I feel like that. But if you're a promoter and you've got all that talent and WWE and you have the capabilities that WWE has or even AEW, what would you do right now? How, would, how Have you thought about that as a promoter, looking at that? Like, man, if I were doing this, this is how I would do it. Have, has that crossed your mind? Because I'm sure that crosses the minds of most promoters as they're watching them go through this very unique thing that nobody's ever had to do before.
1: Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about this for our April event because I was talking to my wife about this. It was like, it would be smart for a promoter, definitely if they have a venue. Um, maybe that's not held for the public, but they could actually do a, uh, a show. That is streamed live, but is actually done at the venue itself with no fans, but given that more of a studio fill, um, kind of like the Smackdown recently. Um, I actually thought that was actually not a bad episode. It was kind of strange for some people because there's no audience. So it kind of felt kind of odd for the talent to play up where there's no one there. But of course, the television wrestling, you're not really playing up to the crowd and the audience. You're playing up to the, the viewers at home. So if they're going to do WrestleMania with this virus going around where it looks like, you know, uh, I think someone said now they can't have any audience over 50 people. So that definitely looks like it's going to end up canceling WrestleMania somehow. Uh, The next best idea would definitely use the full cell uh, university building that they've been using for uh, NXT and use that to their advantage. If they're going to have to use that building, why not? I think enough fans, would still be loyal to uh, the WWE, and definitely for WrestleMania, to, uh, you know, buy the subscription, or use the sus- uh, subscription that they actually have now, and use that to you uh, WrestleMania. And it's kind of, it kind of takes the wind out of the uh, cells, of course, because, you know, nothing beats uh, a huge stadium crowd, you know, that goes crazy for the big matchups that they have. But unfortunately, this has been probably one of the strangest times for professional wrestling with this virus going around. It's, um, it's caused a lot of people a lot of troubles. So who knows what's going to happen in Tampa, but I have a feeling more than likely that we're probably going to see WrestleMania at Full cell University.
2: That makes a lot of sense. I also keep thinking of the fact that, w- one— the, per- the, the performers need to start to understand when they're doing that, that they're talking to the fan because during that show, some of them looked at the camera and some of them looked off into this, the crowd. And I'm like, okay, I know that's how you were taught. To d- I know that's how you were taught to do it, but you're going to have to learn how to adjust because you look silly right now. And then the other thing was, is that I keep thinking with like all this stuff they can do now with like, you know, people go on Facebook live and they can see the comments and things like that. The idea that they, if they could figure out a way to go interactive where you could actually like as a fan like talk trash and like you know the best could do it like Jericho Chris Jericho could sit there on AEW right now and do a promo while he's doing it without a crowd and be like stupid idiot I see your comment like like you're gonna need those guys like the cream of the crop is gonna have to rise up and basically take over for the next couple of months
1: I agree 100 percent that's one of those things where if you have, you know, charismatic talent like Chris Jericho, MJF, um, also you have uh, other people on, on the WWE's roster that's also just as good as being talkers, you know, they they need that type of talent to... Uh, focus on the viewer at home, make them want to be at the arena as bad as possible, but with this virus, they can't. So the next best thing to do is to have that subscription and they can sit there and watch the show. And, and if they find a way to be interactive with it, the more the better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that 110%.
2: As long as Vince doesn't come up with some kind of crazy character like he used to, like called coronavirus, and the guy comes out in like a jumpsuit, and then, like, scares everybody, and they all run away from him. Like, it, please don't let that happen. But I'm
1: I'm so afraid right now. I joke with my good buddy, uh, Tolly Bertorelli, about that. He was like, you know, hey, what type of... Uh what type of mask wrestling gimmick should you think someone's gonna come <laughs> up with? And I actually I actually said someone said, Watch someone come out known as the C V virus or something like that. I was like, he's <laughs> gonna wear this this green mask with like these fangs and horns. Yeah, and he's gonna right. try right. to stop someone's show and the baby face has like super kick him, and and right. you know, like take that, commie. You know? It's Santino Santino Morella's new character, and that's what it is yeah pretty much yeah yeah i'm glad we're on the same page it's all the same thing like oh man you know somewhere someone's going to capitalize on a hillish gimmick and it's like ah coronavirus is here.
2: john i want to i want to thank you for coming on the show i'm sure I, mike I, I i think we you did a great job getting us a guest during these really weird times and and uh i really appreciate you coming on the program
1: oh hey man it's uh it's an honor yeah, and hopefully uh we'll be a, a guest on more episodes with you guys i really enjoy it Thanks, John. Be safe and be healthy, and uh, I'll definitely talk to you guys all soon and later on. And, of course, if anybody wants to follow us uh, with Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, uh, go onto our Facebook page, uh, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, and also our website, uh, www.ChicagolandChampionshipWrestling.com. Once again, thank you guys so much. You guys have an awesome podcast, and uh, definitely uh, it's, it's an honor to be on it.
0: Before we go, I just want to make a couple of comments about a guy – that I've really gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years in Chicago Independent Wrestling. His name is Pat Monix. At least that was his uh, one of his gimmick names. He is stepping away from the business, unfortunately. Last week on his social media, he announced that he was leaving wrestling because he's had way too many concussions. And this is a kid that's only in his mid to late 20s. He's been wrestling about five years. I actually got to see his last match. It was at Freelance Underground in Joliet. He uh, wrestled his trainer, Jesus Bryce, in that match. Very, very sad. And we did our top 10 last week. I think he definitely would have been in my top 10 because he's done some really, really great things locally. He worked for Freelance, Freelance Underground, Zello Pro, Warrior Wrestling. And I think he may have even had a, a small shot with AAW as well. And he had some memorable, crazy feuds with Simon Grimm, who a lot of people know as Simon Gotch from the Vaude Villains of WWE. And, of course, Sam Adonis. At Warrior Wrestling. Um, Pat is a great young man. He had a lot of passion and drive for the business. Very sad to see that announcement from him. Uh, He did say he was going to try to maybe do one more match just to go out on a bang. We'll see if that happens. If you're listening, Pat, at some point, good luck, my friend. And thank you for your access to Windy City Slam last year. He was one of the first indie guys they got to interview. Very, very cool young man.
2: Excellent. Good to hear, my friend. I want you to stay well. We'll keep working on getting this thing set up uh, in the best possible way, and Windy City Slam will keep going each and every week. And, uh, you know, one of the main reasons that you weren't down here is because I I, uh, I am very aware of I don't want to get anybody ill, and I have a 4-year-old walking around with 103 and they did test him for everything except coronavirus. They say he's got the flu, but you can never be uh, too careful, so I just didn't want anybody over here this week. So we will take this day by day, and uh, we will make sure that we keep going along with Windy City Slam. Found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Take it easy, my friend.
0: All right, thank you. We'll talk soon.